Hi, I'm Danielle. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Mickey with Minis. We're giving you real-life advice for exploring Walt Disney World with Littles in tow from two sisters who've done it and lived to tell the tale. You can make sure you don't miss a minute of Disney fun by subscribing to the podcast wherever you like to listen to them or by following Mickey with Minis on social media. Would appreciate a like or a review if you're so inclined. And if anything you hear inspires you to start dreaming about your own Disney adventure, you can also support the show by using me, Danielle, as your travel advisor. Just reach out to us at mickeywithminis at gmail.com so you can get planning. But for now, get your ears on, buckle that park bag, and double knot those sneakers because we're off to the parks. Hello there. Hi. Thanks so much for joining. It's episode two of Hooray. Mickey with Minis. Hooray. <laughs> Last week we did a big lightning round of our Disney favorites. And if you were listening to that and thinking, what do all of these words mean? Then we are here to help. <laughs> Disney planning has gotten a little complicated. When we were kids, you could literally just like buy a ticket and turn up or even buy a ticket when you get there. It was like really not a big deal. Um, that is definitely no longer the case. There's a lot more to it than that. And I feel like people get easily overwhelmed by all of the logistics and the lingo and all of that stuff. Um, and they just think like, how do I even get started planning this vacation? Uh, today, we're going to talk through some of some first steps that could help you get on your way to Disney World. Um, we thought we'd start with some like basic logistical stuff you want to think about when you're thinking about going to Disney World, and then some bigger picture stuff that it's like our Disney vacation planning philosophy of how we do things. Um, but I wanted to mention first that especially if you've never been before, or if you haven't been in a long time, or if planning this kind of trip like stresses you out and seems like a total nightmare, um, a really good option is to work with a travel agent specializing in Disney World. They know absolutely everything and they're typically free to you because they're paid directly by Disney. So you pay what you would pay anyway and uh, they can help you out and make sure that you have the best trip you can possibly have. So that's well, that's actually what I advise people when they ask like in a, my like mom's Facebook group for our town or whatever. Anytime somebody pipes up and says hey, we're going to Disney World for the first time and any tips or tricks? I'm always like, get thee to a travel agent, please. Because <laughs> um, yes. it it's, it's a lot. And if it's not fun for you, like it's fun for us, then you don't want to stress out unnecessarily. No. All right. Logistical basics. So the first thing you basically want to think about is when are you going to go to Disney World? Um, you might have a specific time that you really have to go if you're stuck, you know, with school schedules or something like that. But if you're flexible, there are a whole bunch of different things that you should consider in deciding when you want to go. The weather, crowds, school vacations, um, hotel availability, flight costs, and sort of surge pricing because certain things like park tickets and Genie Plus, if you decide to buy it um, all can be more expensive at a busier time of year. So a really good way to check out what the crowds could look like at the time you're planning to go um, is is checking out the touring plans calendar, which we will link in the show notes for you. Yeah, they give you like their predicted levels for um, the crowds for each park and for the parks overall. Um, super, super handy. 
So if you are looking for any special events too, you could look at the Disney calendar. Um, there's things that go on all throughout the year. There's things like um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party in the fall. Um, Epcot has a festival basically all the time now, but they they rotate throughout the throughout the year. So there's the Food and Wine Festival in like the late summer, early fall. There's the Festival of the Arts, which we just did and found really, really fun um, in the winter. There's all different things that go on. So you want to check the event calendar to see if there's anything that, that you want to aim for as part of your trip. Yeah. And all of that stuff can affect the crowd levels too. So yes. that's good to keep in mind. Sure. Um, what is your favorite time of the year to go? Um, you know, I went once at the very beginning of December and, or no, it was the very beginning of November, just when all the holiday stuff was just starting. And that was really fun. Um, I really loved Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. Um, but I also really like going in like October when it's not quite as brutally hot as September, um, and being there for the food and wine festival. I like that too. Yeah. I I think October is like one of my favorites because I really like the Magic Kingdom um, fall decorations. I'm a real sucker for fall. So um, I really like all of that. Super cute. But it was still massively, massively hot when we were there last fall. That's true. And and again, uh, just like a teensy little um, hurricane just kind of blew right – just like blew right through. Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, hurricane season is definitely a thing to keep in mind. But – I also really loved February. We just went um, for a quick weekend in February. I'm not a big pool person. I know you love the water, but I'm like not, I'm more like a pool bar person. So I don't need to get (laughs) in the water to feel relaxed and very vacation-y. So I didn't mind that it was chilly. I would probably have um, packed a little bit differently if I had realized how chilly it was going to be. But it it all worked out in February. Early February, it's like before people's school vacations kick in. So it's not going to be quite as crowded and, uh, you know, the, the, um, holiday madness has died down. So I, I liked that a lot. I did too. I, I never would have thought to go at that time of year. We went because it was obviously your birthday. So mm-hmm. that's why we picked that weekend. But, um, but yeah, it was, I really, really liked it, especially for a go, go, go sort of trip. Like yeah. You're really not looking to do a lot of downtime at the pool or anything like that. I thought the weather was really comfortable. Yeah. Except yeah, definitely. when it was, freezing and raining and raining like very hard yeah (laughs) there was just the one minute about that (laughs) um let's see oh another thing you want to think about is how long are you going to be there so we've done we've done two or three nights and we've done nine nights and everything in between um and there are pros and cons to all of that and so you want to think about um you know how much time do you have how much can you spend for your hotel or you know, how many park days do you think you really want? Do you want to hit all four parks or um, are you just, you know, dipping your toes in and just going to do a Magic Kingdom or something like that? So you, you want to think about how much time you have and how you're going to need. Um, a short trip, you can totally cram it all in. We just did it. It was awesome. But a longer trip is also really nice with some rest days and knowing that you have like the luxury of getting back to a park later in your vacation. If you didn't get everything done there the first time, just take some pressure off. So that's something to think about, too. It's like all in the planning. Like I honestly had as much fun on our three day trip as I did on our nine to ten day trip. Yes, totally. But they were two completely different types of trips. Yeah. But we were had like our expectations set accordingly. And um, I think that's really the key when you're planning, you know, a shorter trip. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, so the other thing you got to think about is where you're going to stay. Uh, we'll do more of a deep dive on uh, Disney hotels and the different levels and pros and cons of all of them um, a little bit later. But um, just know that there's three different levels. You've got value resorts, moderate resorts, deluxe resorts, and there's pros and cons for all of them. And so you want to think about, again, budget, but also how many people do you have? Some hotels are harder to stay at with a larger group. Um, and you know, if you have any um, specific needs, like if you know you're going to need space for a, a crib or something like that, you got to think about the room size for that. Um, or if you need an accessible room, that there's options for that all over the place. But there's some stuff that you might not immediately think of. Like I remember, like with mom's wheelchair, we were at the Poly Polynesian in the in the fall, and you know, technically we didn't need like an accessible room because she doesn't need a walk-in shower necessarily, but her wheelchair was really tough to get up and down in those elevators. So a ground yes. floor room might have been a lot more helpful for her because um, those are pretty small, kind of older elevators and that made it tricky with strollers and, and wheelchairs and stuff like that. So that's something you got to think about, just what the needs of your um, group are and that can help you narrow things down. And you really can't go wrong at any of the three levels, deluxe, um, yeah, totally. more value. There's really fun resorts at all three of the levels. And um, the other thing you can do too, if you are not a Disney Vacation Club member, you can rent DVC points if you want to wind up in like a one bedroom that has a kitchen area or a two bedroom even. Um, you can think about renting DVC points, which is a whole different um, can of worms that I'm sure we'll go into on, on a future episode. But that's yeah. something to think about too, if a kitchen is something that um, that you would like to have. Yeah. Very handy, actually. Um, and then you got to think about what do you want to do? So one thing that you need to look into when you're looking at your dates and thinking about what time you're going to go, um, there's a new, res- it's not super new, but it was introduced during uh, COVID right after they reopened. Um, there's a new reservation system. So in addition to purchasing your park tickets, you also have to make a reservation for the park that you want to start the day at. Um, which, um, it, you know, it can get to capacity when we were there in the fall, Epcot was at capacity. We were going to head there in the afternoon one day and it was, um, totally booked up, couldn't get there. So, um, you got to sort of keep in mind, check those those dates on the reservation system calendar before um, you get too far into your planning. Um, and then uh, Haley mentioned it earlier, but that, you know, surge pricing, the, the park pass um, cost changes depending on the dates and the crowd level and how in demand it is. So you always want to um, check in and see, you know, how many how many days you're going to do, how much those, um, those park tickets are going to be for those specific dates that you're looking at. Um, and then another thing to think about is um, there's something called a park hopper pass. If you don't know, it's basically a more expensive ticket that lets you start at one park and then leave and go to a different park. You can't switch parks until after 2 p.m. right now. Um, but, you know, you, you can it gives you a lot more flexibility between parks, but it does add cost. So if you want to do a park hopper, that's something to kind of consider at the beginning there. And again, are we doing all four parks? Are we doing every ride? Are we doing every show? Like there's a lot to think about how you want to plan it. Um, so this is um, like the big picture stuff is our trip philosophy. So basically you kind of want to think about what what you want your trip to feel like because Disney is huge. You absolutely cannot do 
every single thing on every single trip. It just wouldn't be possible. You'd have to live there, which sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so we find it really, really helpful, especially when you're traveling with a group, um, to start by doing some priority setting. So everybody's clear on like what kind of trip everyone wants to have and making sure that everyone gets to do the things that matter the most to them. Um, so sitting down with your party that you're going with and kind of having a chat, are we, you know, looking to go park opening to the fireworks every day, just like going hard, staying in the park? Um, Are you looking to do more relaxing, just hitting the highlights and then having lots of pool time? Um, You know, you could do more of a foodie trip where you're really prioritizing those sit-down meals. Um, You can, like uh, our trip in the fall was sort of princess focused. Uh, (laughs) We did every single princess thing you could possibly do, I think. Yep, we did. (laughs) Um. And so you can you can kind of think about what what you want your trip to look like and find that really helpful when you're planning. So, um, for example, when we went in the fall, we knew that with traveling with six kids, we were not going to be able to go from rope drop to park close. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. And especially with that heat, yeah, we knew we absolutely. we knew we were going to fade. So our game plan most days um, that we did the parks was to rope drop, be there as early as possible and spend a few hours at the park and then go back and rest or do pool time um, or whatever we wanted to do outside the parks. And then did we ever make it back to the park at night? We never did. No, we we never never did. did. No, actually, is that true? I think I do think we took a quick break when we were staying at the Polynesian. It might have been the first Magic Kingdom day. That's I right. I think we, we zipped home, yeah. quick like nap for some kids, pool for yep. some people. Then, and then we, we and we had a dining reservation to get back for. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, and then on that trip, we did um, well. If if we hadn't had the hurricane in the middle, the plan was to do two park days, then a rest day, and then two park days, and then a rest day, and repeat. Um, that obviously all got blown up. Which is like a little bit different than that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And, um, whereas for our trip in February, where, where it was just the two of us adults, um, we just planned to wake up in the morning and go to the park and not come home until we couldn't walk anymore. And that's pretty much what that's we exactly. Did. There was one night we literally could not walk limped, anymore. Limped, limped back to our room directly to the bar. as they were closing and like please can you give me some wine I can't move my feet were bleeding it was a whole thing anyway we also when we took that big trip with the the kids we also did very few table service reservations just because we knew six kids in a restaurant they're going to eat like two bites it's going to cost a million dollars and they are not going to make it an enjoyable experience so we did we did Skipper Canteen just to have a little break, especially for the yeah. husbands to like get a beer midday Magic Kingdom. And then um, we did, we'd had a couple date nights. We did one sit down at Boma, right? And then yes. we, and then we did a, our princess breakfast at the yes. Cinderella's table. But other than that, it was like quick service, lots of snacks, you know? So you're just, yes. you're, you're planning differently when it's a lot of kids for sure. Yes. And, um, and then our sister trip, we, um, we had a hilarious amount of reservations <laughs> for three days, like a ridiculous number of reservations. Really, really, really ridiculous. Yeah. We ate, we drank, we were merry. <laughs> like there was one day when we had two breakfast reservations, we well, two lunch reservations, actually. It was that yeah. we had the Plaza and Hollywood Brown Derby. We did. Like which, four hours apart. Yeah, four hours apart, just in case you don't want to miss. Perfect. It worked out great. <laughs> we needed a snack. It was we fine. Did. Um, did. Yeah. 
So the other thing we like to do when we're starting planning, this is like at the very beginning, um, we like to figure out what's on everybody's must-do list. So this is kind of easy if you're traveling with just one or two people. But if you've got a big group, especially, or even just a a family, um, it's, I think, really helpful to figure out what would people be really upset about missing, basically. And then those things become the biggest priorities. So Haley made an amazing spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet person. (laughs) She's very big on spreadsheets for for our fall trip. And it basically listed every, not just like rides, but like attractions, experiences, basically, for each park and some other stuff as well. And then everybody went through and (laughs) color-coded green, yellow, or red. And the green is have to do, would be really bummed to not do. That's a must do. Yellow was like, I'd like to do that. And then the red was like, I don't mind if we skip this at all. Um, And everybody, all the adults, and then I feel like I kind of took the kids' temperature on some of this stuff and we went through and color-coded for our own families so we could kind of see what the, the big overlaps were that everybody wanted to make sure that they did. And my sort of philosophy is that your must-do list should be pretty small. Like these should be the things that your trip is really going to be kind of a bummer if you don't get to hit these one or two things per day or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then your would like to do list can be a lot bigger, but you really want to think about like what is what is really the most important to me on this trip or the most important to my kids. Um, because then if you hit those things, even if you, you know, if your plans go off track for the day, things are really crowded or you get caught in a rainstorm or maybe a little hurricane. It's like a little hurricane. Um, you can just think about it's okay. You know, if we can just figure out a way to get in these one, two, three things, um, everything will have been a success. Yeah. Gives you more flexibility for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you have that like must do list, you can sort of look at it and think, okay, do we need to be in all four parks to make those must do's happen? Um, Are there any parks where we feel like there's too many must do's? Like maybe we're going to need a second day at that park or something like that. Um, It can help you figure out if you're going to need that park hopper. Um, And it can also help you figure out if you're going to need to pay for Genie Plus or um, Lightning Lanes or not, you know, depending again on how many of those sort of um, high demand rides everybody's hoping to get on. Um, And it can help you figure out how many days you need. Um, thinking about, uh, going with a family, the other thing that I think people sometimes don't think about and and probably need to is how much can your kids handle? (laughs) So we, like my family, we don't have a real schedule. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, our kids are, yeah, they're a lot, but they're, they're great. (laughs) They're doing really good, but they're crazy. And they, uh, they don't nap. Even my toddler does not, um, regularly nap and they kind of won't give themselves downtime unless I like enforce downtime. So while I didn't feel like we needed to get back to the hotel for a nap every day, I did feel like we had to build in a little slowdown time for sure. Um, And, you know, I know at least two of my kids cannot hang past seven, eight o'clock at night, whereas Haley's kids will go till midnight. Yes. If you let them. (laughs) They They're will be party, a disaster party the animals. Day. <laughs> yeah, but they will. They will hang until midnight. <laughs> so you know that can sort of help you figure out. You know, am I going to be able to like bang out all of these uh, must dos all in one go, or do I need to break it up a bit so that 
you know, we have that afternoon pool time or a morning to sleep in if we need to, that kind of thing. Um, I definitely have seen so many people just kind of try, you know, and I get it, vacation desperation, you're trying to get it all in, right? But then you see the kids like melting down midday um, and having a really hard time because maybe they were out at the Halloween party the night before or something like that. Um, so that's, that's a good thing to kind of ponder. And there are some kids that do nap. I haven't met them like myself, but <laughs> um, there are children that have schedules and nap. And so you want to think about, are they going to be able to take that nap in a stroller at a park? Are they one of those kids or do they need like silence and light blocking uh, curtains to 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 take that break and you're going to want to get back to the hotel at that point. So that's something to ponder as well. Um, um, in addition to all the rides and the attractions, um, you want to think about if there's any special extras that you might want to do. Um, so on our last trip, the um, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique was something that Audrey really wanted to do. So she was able to do that and get all dressed up like Princess Aurora. Mm -hmm. um, there's also droid building and lightsaber building, um, which Ella did. The droid um, thing was really cool. Yeah. There's all sorts of extra things like that. So and I'm sure we'll go into all of those on a separate yeah. episode. But you want to think about if you want to build any of those in because those can take some time and some money. And um, you want to make sure that you plan in the time you need to do those. Yes, totally. 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 So after you do all of this, uh, planning spreadsheets and talking about what your priorities are, you have like a pretty good picture of the shape of your trip and you can get down to business booking travel. Um, don't forget those park reservations and of course your flights. Um, we kind of like to hammer all of this stuff out on the early side. Um, like we, we prefer like a long lead time, right? For planning. Yes. Mostly because it's like a hobby for us. Like we have yes. fun planning. So that's fun. But also because at 60 days out, you can book things like your dining reservations or those um, special enchanted extras like Bippity Boppity Boutique. If like you don't get that thing at 60 days out, it's not happening. So you, you want to have that at least 60 day um, cushion. On the other hand, for our February trip, we had like a month's notice. We had like very little notice and we still did everything we wanted. So yeah. it is possible to do it on a shorter, shorter timeline for sure. Um, so again, if any of this sounds not fun to you or if it sounds stressful or like a little bit of a nightmare, um, <clears throat> a travel agent is a really good way to go um, to get you started. You don't have to make it super complicated. Um, you There are ways to do Disney a little bit more relaxed, and I'm sure we'll do separate episodes on planning that sort of trip. But um, if, if it does sound overwhelming, a travel agent is a really good way to start. Totally. Um, so yeah, so we hope this helps you get your head around some of the first steps for planning. Um, we'll do deep dives on some of this in the future. So make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media for more. See you.